Welcome, fellow last places, to another episode of LPF Debrief, where I talk about comic books, movies, and TV shows. And on today's episode, we will be talking about Andor episode five, titled Narakina Five. As always, guys, there will be spoilers ahead. So if you don't like that, pause it, go watch the show, come back, let me know what you think. And if you guys could, as always, help us out, just hit a like, subscribe, do all that good stuff, write a review, rate the podcast. It really helps with our visibility. Now let's get into it. Why you came here. I'm trying to make those shorter, by the way, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> but yeah, let's get right into it. Let's talk about episode eight of Andor. So we left, um, we saw Andor Cassian basically get caught, um, with some, you know, a bogus thing by some, you know, stormtrooper who was just trying to do a little bit too much. This episode kind of gives us a little bit more detail on why they um, took Cassian, even though he was just trying to be a tourist. And that was what he was saying. They actually send him off to um, they're sending him off to an ocean prison. Uh, he actually the reason for the episode uh, being called Narakina five is because we realized that that was the ship that he was getting sent on. So he gets sent on this ship uh, where he's going to prison for six years because they've doubled everyone's um, they've doubled everyone's sentencing because of what happened on um what what happened so we know here that cassian has no idea what's going on he this is not what he wanted right he didn't want to be in prison after doing everything he was just trying to get away from it all essentially and now he's going to this prison and we realize that this prison is like one of those high mac like you know high what was the word maximum security prisons where you know people don't get out and you can't escape and all that good stuff, which probably we're going to get an escape because that would make the most sense, wouldn't it? But uh, especially would it would fit Cassian's character for him to escape from, a, a, you know, a maximum prison and stuff like that. So uh, as we're going there, we see that the guards actually wear insulated foot boots um, because the floor uh, pretty much is what they use to keep people at bay. So what they do with this prison... Um, over there is they basically, if you're on the, you know, they, they have all the prisoners step barefooted and basically, you know, if they need to shock you, they can shock you from the floor since it won't affect them because they're wearing insulated boots. Um, and yeah, kind of sucks that they have to deal with that. And there's really no escape on this unless you're able to, you know, turn off some stuff, but that's something probably for another episode. We go, we see that this is more of like, not only a prison, but it's also where they're going to be making parts and things like that to serve for the empire, basically making uh, weapons and whatever they need. And that we see how they, where they turn this all out. Um, as he goes to meet his basically, I guess, prison mates, we see that we see he gets to meet this character called Kino Loy, who is Andy Serkis. Like, and like just seeing him again is fantastic, right? Cause we know he played Snoke and, um, it's nice to see him in a star Wars thing that, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we're, we're growing to like, because, you know, there's so much that can be said about the, uh, the sequel trilogy that, uh, you know, we, we won't talk about for now, but we see him in this role. We get to actually see him as him. And when I mean that, I mean the actor and not, you know, as Gollum or, or all the multiple <laughs> phases that he's played where he's not like a real, like, you know, actually himself. Um, you know, so it was, it was, it was cool to, 
to see that in him just, you know, showing off his acting chops and basically telling him, telling Cassian that he is the leader of, of this prison and um, of this area that they're in and that he needs to listen and do his work the way that it needs to be done or else, you know, he's going to, you know, basically he, he's in charge. So it was a really cool scene just seeing Cassian having to deal with that. We do see him get introduced to the boys that are at the table. And if you guys are a fan of Rogue One like I am, you guys see Roof Scott Malishi, which is one of the people that is taken to the Rogue One, um, is one of the people that are in Rogue One. So it was nice to see that and know that we're getting closer, right? Because last episode, we saw the his first um, encounter with a K2 droid. And then now we're seeing another character that is um, inside of Rogue One. So we're getting steps closer. We're seeing the, you know, the slow buildup for the ones who already know what's going to happen in Rogue One. And just seeing this thing, like, just kind of like slowly graduate while he's doing, while Cassian is dealing with all of these, like, you know, being in prison and thing like that. Now we can see where that relationship has even started or what it was or um, why he was taking him there during that mission. So it's a really cool thing. And again, this is five years before we're probably getting a little bit closer to the times of Rogue One. I, I would, but the beginning of the show was five years before we're probably, you know, ma making our way closer to it. So I thought that was really cool for us to see a character from Rogue One, another character and, I, I, I like that theme. I hope we continue just seeing characters from Rogue One, like just show up in every other episode or every episode, just as he's getting closer to the events of Rogue One, because we know that they do plan on showing us pretty much getting as soon as we get to Rogue One. So I'm glad that they did that. It was a nice little touch to, to, to put in those characters and, um, just to see them and see what's happening with the prisons. We see, um, basically how bad that prison is um we see cassian start to understand what's going on oh oh man shouldn't have done that but it's fine but yeah so we see how cassian's adjusting around the prison and i'm not going to go in order for this guys i'm just going to basically just say my thoughts on on everything that was going on between everything so we see cassian there we see him going to we see him going into the prison we see basically um how the prison system works we see that they are making different things and making it looks like ship parts i'm not too sure what it is yet and then we see how the order is formed there right so we see the the floor that i talked about and then we see actually one person just get tired of it because when they get sent back to their cells um we could see that you know you have 15 seconds to get off the floor or else you'll you know you'll burn or you'll get hot and it's it's um one of those things that they it, it keeps everyone in line right it keeps everyone focused um they give you unlimited food it looks like a really nice like it's the nicest prison you'll see right it's all white it looks really clean they you know you're being able to be fed things like that you just don't have much of your own freedom to do anything right but you are being fed you get unlimited water they even had like shaving things for you like so you could keep yourself clean like they they all of with all things considered, it's a pretty nice prison, right? But obviously having to <laughs> do some of that work and be like, have no freedom. That's not what you want either. So we see, you know, as this, this, this time goes along that Cassian's pretty much understanding what the workflow is. We're seeing people like kind of slow down. We did see the, the person commit, you know, just go ahead and he hit 
jumps onto the the floor on his own will, just got tired of it. So it's one of those things where, you know, you're seeing these hard hardships that are going on inside of this episode and just being in this prison, even though it, it looks nice and all that stuff, but like to constantly get your sentence doubled anytime something happens or something like as a, re, a, re, a rebel act happens or something like that, like the people who are suffering are the people in that prison because they just keep getting their time added on every time something happens and they're getting blamed on them because as we know that the empire is trying to build their force and, and be stronger, obviously they're going to want to keep more people in there. We also find out that they're looking for people for work. So it wasn't even like Cassian technically did anything bad. It was just more so people are not applying for the, <laughs> to be a part of the, the empire basically, or doing any of the, the things that they want them to do. So we see that it was pretty cool. Um, just, you know, giving us a kind of an update of what's going on with Cassian and what he's going to be like. Obviously we know he's going to spend no, like six years in there. Um, we don't know if he's going to do the full six years, but we know he is going to be there for a little bit. Uh, we kind of fast forward to basically um, with Luthen and his assistant, whose name I forgot again, and I will get it in just a second because I know I wrote it down somewhere because I knew I wanted to talk about her. But basically, we have uh, the simultaneous stories happening at the same time, right? We have where Cassian is from. And we have Bix basically in the in um, Ferrix, where they're trying to, you know, see what's going on, see what Cassian's going through, uh, if anyone has any words on him. But we know that from the last episode that Val would be there um, or on her way there because they're trying to kill Cassian. Uh, you know what I mean? They're trying to kill Cassian and make like because they don't want Luthen doesn't want any any ties. Right. We see Luthen having this conversation with his assistant, essentially just saying like, look, um, we have to cut, like cut ties. I haven't lost myself here. Um, I know what I'm doing. I'm still one for the, you know, for the rebel, like, you know, for the rebel cause. And then we see that, um, that because we see that Bix is on there. We see that, uh, Marava is sick. Cassian's adopted mother. Um, is sick and basically is just like, you know, trying to trying to do things that she shouldn't be doing. She's also trying to really be a rebel and and cause issues and things like that. And um, yeah, it's a it's a really bad sight at Ferrix, you know what I mean? So it it kind of uh sucks, especially now that you have Cassian not even there. Uh so he can't even really help anyone go through any of the issues. Uh so Bix want is having a conversation with uh having a conversation there and she wants to see if she could figure out what's happening so we know she's going to try to contact luthan when that happens she basically has to go through the junkyard and we we see a phone that was set up there and she's trying to make this call um to basically tell luthan hey like have you seen Cassian? like what's going on there like we haven't heard back from him did he, did, like, did he disappear what's going on What's all um, this things? We realized that that conversation never happened because uh, the assistant said, listen to Luthien, you got to shut this down because basically if you don't shut this down, you know, we're going to get caught. People are going to realize who we are and they, we have to be cautious with this. The goal was to make sure everything worked out and it did. So because everything worked out on that mission, 
on that heist. We got what we needed. We were able to fund a lot of this um, rebellion. And like, we need to cut ties completely. Like all of this, like trying to, we, you got de like, you did get a little bit desperate. You got someone who was a, a, a wild card. He's still out there, but it ended up working and we need to cut ties from this. So that's basically what he says. He does. He said he doesn't lose himself in all of that. And um, basically he cuts ties. So nobody picks up that phone for Bix. But because the because of what Deidre has done and has everything being monitored on Ferex, uh, that causes a someone to find out that someone was making a call to the outside. They end up crashing the, the junkyard and taking down the tower that the phone was in. Um, and all that. And obviously Bix is now freaking out. The owner is, uh, son is basically like, you know, what happened? Like, where's my father? And Bix is now feeling really bad because she knows not only did she not even speak to anyone, but now she's also put her friend in danger. She put his child in danger and all of these things are spinning. They see the person, you know, they, the, um, the guards end up pointing out Bix they end up chasing her to make sure, you know, she gets caught. And, um, yeah, so she ends up getting caught and then we'll go back to what happens to her. But again, because Deidre put the, you know, monitor of Ferrix, they were ultimately were able to catch her. Um, but we see Deidre is having a conversation with Cyril. where basically saying like, Cyril, we need like some of the, these loose ends that happened and Cyril, we know Cyril's main goal is that he wants to be able be the one who captures Cassian because obviously at this point he feels like Cassian is the one who ruined his life, but he also wants to, you know, feel like bring someone to justice because he feels like that's what he's there to do. That's what he wants to do. He he wants to be in he wants to be basically what Deidre is doing, right? He wants to be the person who has these conversations um, and is able to be good at their job. And I think Deidre sees a little bit of her inside of him just because of the wit, his persistence, right? He's made these reports. He's constantly made these reports about him needing to get out of there and find out where Cassian is or saying that he has some information. They end up seeing the reports that, um, the old, the person beforehand, uh, kind of, uh, wrote off. He had no choice of signing the papers without even seeing what really was going on on those papers. So he basically, Cyril basically is like, well, I didn't even see those papers. Deidre says, you know, let him read it. And then he kind of fills in the missing gaps and the missing pieces for Deidre to find out what's going on. Right. And um, because of all of that, Deidre then says, look, this is not something you want to do. Like, I understand that your passion and, and trying to figure out what's going on here and is something that you want to do. But at the end of the day, we can't like, you know what I mean? I'm, I have my own kind of missions that I'm trying to figure out and I need you to, you know, calm down with calling people, right? Because the more you call people, the more attention you're bringing to this and the more attention that you are bringing to this, it's going to be a major issue, right? That you're, you're doing this to us. So we need you to chill out, relax, let us, let us handle it. And, um, yeah, so Cyril, but we also know Cyril's going to try to get back into the graces of the, the empire and try to, you know, figure out what's going on. He said, he does let, he does let Deidre know that he could tell by the person's voice to see who Luthen is. But Deidre's again, she's focused. She's not worried about that. 
She just wants him to stop calling. She's, she's got the information that she needs from him and wants him to get out. So that was a cool little interaction with them. And we can just see how ruthless the empire is just as far as even for the people they work for, like when they want something, they want something. And that's that. So I thought that was really a, a good scene. We had the scene basically with, uh, Mon Mothma and her, just her doing her own thing. Right. And just basically trying to figure out how they're going to get this money out. Um, they, they can't figure it out. Uh, it's getting harder, but it's also going to require them becoming more open, uh, things like that. But she's trying to be really secretive about it. But again, with the way that everything is, is, is playing off, you could tell the father, the, the, her husband is starting to pick up on some of these things and seeing what's happening. And then we could see even her, the daughter is kind of getting used as like a, a recon. So with, with all of that happening, we see those, the, you know, that beautiful view and we get a little bit more detail on their relationship as far as, you know, when they got married at 15 and she became a Senator at 16. Um, and that's just something that they do in her culture. So, um, yeah, we got a little bit of that information on there. I thought that was pretty cool just to get a little bit more insight on Mon Mothma. Um, and the actress is fantastic. So every time seeing, you know, just the way that she presents herself, the, the clothes and the fashion and just, you know, the, the aesthetics of the Mon Mothma, like the, the, the house and stuff like that is always pleasant to see on Coruscant. Again, that's one of the things that I love about this show is that we get to see these different areas and different uh, point of views of how the re like rebellion was, was built and also just how the empire reacted to the rebellion being built. So they, we see people doing different things they have different methods of trying to form this rebellion. And I think that is really cool that we're getting to see about three different ways that uh, the rebellion was getting built on. So I think that was really cool. I love those scenes also. I thought they did a really good job at showing us, again, the panic that's starting to set in. The, um, the desperation uh, is starting to set in on everyone in the rebellion, especially after the events of what just happened. So it's nice to know that from episode to episode, we're just kind of getting a little bit more impatient. Like even the, the empire is getting impatient because you can see it inside of, um, you can see it inside of uh, Deidre where she's trying to really hone on information and making sure that this doesn't spread, right? Because that's the empire's biggest fear when you really think about it is that they don't want someone to become rebellious. They don't want a group to be able to become rebellious. So they're going to try to stop that in any way that they can. And she's trying, and remember Deidre was trying to take this out from the beginning. So it's really cool to see her really focus and just seeing that, that tension that everyone is having on what's going to happen next. Like, is this going to work out for me? Is this going to work out for you? We don't know, but we go back to Ferrix now. Uh, and we see that, that, um, we do see Val and Cinta, uh, have reunited. And, um, basically they are looking to try to kill Cassian. Um, they're looking, they have their mission the way that they want to. Cinta and Val kind of have this conversation of, you know, we, we're here to do this thing. Um, we're here to take out like the empire or the, the objective as, you know, by any means. And Cinta, you can tell is very adamant about this. She even says to Val that, you know, like some rich girl trying to run away, which tells us that a little bit about Val's story, which we probably get a little bit more. And again, knowing that this show's already got a second season, 
I can, I'm again, fine with the pacing because I know where we're leading up to. And I do want to know a little bit more about some of these characters, because again, I always say this in any of these podcast episodes that the way to get a second season is you have to build the characters around the main character. So the main character can't be your focus uh, in every episode because we want to know about the outside and how that affected the character. We know Andor's outcome. We know how he ends. We know um, we're just seeing how he got to this situation, but we know his ending, right? So um, to show us characters who are leading up to the way that he got there is more important than the actual character itself. And I especially in this sense, because again, I feel like most people already know what they're getting with Andor. So uh, yeah, we see that happen. We see Val actually end up leaving and... Um, uh, with Cinta's plan, she wants to stay to see if anything happens. Um, yeah, so that, that just, you know, we have that dynamic of their relationship and trying to be in a relationship, especially, you know, them being a, you know, uh, lesbian couple. That is something obviously that's not really talked about in the, the galaxy or even mentioned or anything like that. So you could tell maybe the Empire feels a certain kind of way about it, especially because they're trying to hide the relationship in most cases. So um, it just something else that the empire is doing that uh is wrong and and very restrictive of you know people's beliefs and things like that and yeah so it was it was nice to see the hardship that they're still having to go through and the reason why they're fighting right they're fighting for each other and to be able to live a life where they're not restricted to do what they want you know so it was it was good even though we got like 5 minutes of them it was good to see a scene like that again and i'm i'm a big fan of how oppressive they're making the empire look because then it it may it warrants these it warrants the things that the re rebellions are the rebels are doing right it warrants being like yo like you're trying to restrict everyone and you're trying to run this order and this power and like we like people don't want that not everyone wants that so it's um it's a really cool thing to see and then also on ferrix we see that bix does get end up getting caught and um, Deidre is ready to have this conversation with her. We don't see much of it happening because we do see that the uh, the owner of the shop, which again, I'm forgetting his name and I apologize because I did not write his name down. But um, the owner of the shop is basically in there and we can see Deidre starting to use her tactics as far as like, oh, I want her to see this character. So that way she understands like I'm here for business, right? And um Bix is, is, is saying his name. Um, and then obviously she gets put into the seat because now she knows she's probably going to get, you know, tortured until she gets some information. And then we get another rogue one, um, appearance and we get another rogue one appearance, another character who ends up always showing up somewhere. He's been in clone wars. He's been in rebels. He's been in bad batch. He's been in Rogue One at this point, and it's Saw Gerrera, and he has a great conversation with Luthen, just basically showing that they don't trust each other, right? Um, even though they are on the same side, we can tell by the conversation that they have, they don't trust each other because both men think the other person did it, right? And even if they did do it, the other person wouldn't say it. So they're just kind of saying like, you know, even if you did know, you would be saying what you're saying now. So 
how do I know that you didn't do it? Or how do I do know you did it? And it's just a nice fun back and forth of basically what's going on until the conversation gets really serious. And they're basically talking about like why they can't be partners. Right. And, and saw is basically saying, Oh, you got a bunch of equipment for us and things like that. But like, you know, you're, you're always selling stuff, but there's also so many different philosophies out there. Um, and he just starts listing them off. And I think that was a really cool scene because again, it shows you what I'm, what, what we were talking about, how people are trying to go through different methods of controlling or being a re like a rebellion. Right. And you're going to have that because there is no order, right? Even the people who are forming these rebellions, they were forming these rebellions based off of what their beliefs are. So you're going to have about five or six different philosophies on how to get to this rebellion. And that's something that you don't think about when you watch it, watch Star Wars in a grand scheme of things, right? Like when you're watching the movies, you don't think about how we got to the rebellion. You just see the end of the, you just see the rebellion, the rebels fighting, you know, just fighting. You don't see how we got there. So for them to deep dive into what's going on here with Saw and Luthen, just basically saying like, look, I can't work with you if you're going to work with these kind of, um, these kind of rebels, because that's not the type of rebel that I am. And I, you know, they have their different philosophies that I don't agree with and I want to do it this way. Right. So, um, it's a really, just really dope scene. It's my favorite part of the episode, just because the conversation is so real, like even in that situation. Right. And he, he kind of, he saw questions Luthen and asked him where he stands on all this. And Luthen says a great, great line. He's like, I'm a coward. I'm a man who's terrified the empire's power will grow beyond the point where we can do anything to stop it. I'm the one who says we'll die with nothing if we don't put aside our petty differences. So he's trying to make sure everyone can come together, but Saul's not having any of that. You know what I mean? He wants like Luthen wants that he wants the rebels to pull together. Um, but saw approach he feels is going to be very chaotic, right? So he's trying to reel him in before he can do that. And we, if we know Saul's character and how he does things, it is a little chaotic, right? Again, but there's different ways that people see the rebellion and th that's the way that Saul feels. And again, situationally, that's because he's dealt with things different than Luthen has, and they had different experiences and different outcomes that have gotten them to this place. So having that conversation again, for me was um, my favorite part. It's just nice to have this conflict, even between the rebels who are, they have an agreement and they have a, um, it's not an agreement, but they have a understanding and a common goal, right? They want to get rid of the empire, but even with that common goal, you're still going to have people who want to do things differently. So them really deep diving into that, I thought was really cool. Um, saw keeping his cool and not killing Luthen was uh, a, a good thing because we do want to see a little bit more of that. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see Saw again. I, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll get there because obviously um, I'm ho I'm really hoping we get to see Jin in this this show. And, and it might not be this season, but um, as we're getting all of these, you know, names and everything like that, I would love if Jin was able to to make it to this show because um, I think that'd be a really cool moment, especially because we know what they shared in in Rogue One towards the end there. So Again, um, I know some people are not liking this show and and feeling, you know, the pacing. I, again, I'm a big fan of this show. I'm a big fan of Rogue One. I, I like the slower paced storytelling. I, I like where we're going here. 
I think it's nice quality. I think the acting has been great. Um, for me, I, I've enjoyed watching them every Wednesday. So for me, it, it's one of those things that um, this is the kind of Star Wars show I wanted. Uh, I like having different forms of Star Wars, right? Like, especially with Tales of the Jedi coming out, right? Where it's very Jedi focused. And um, I did do a review on that too, if you guys want to listen to that. But um, it's very Jedi focused. So you get your lightsabers, you get your fights scenes and things like that. But then this is, you know, that other side where it's the common people like and how they helped with the rebellion because they're a major asset to that part too, right? The people who funded it, the people who came up with these plans, they're essential, right? It's not just the Jedi. So I love where this show is going because we see that that dark and gritty um, show that people, you know, there's people who had to do some things they probably wouldn't want to do, but they had to do it in order to get to the point that they were at. So overall for me, like I think this was another solid episode uh, of just showing that again, that cast that uh, saw and Luthen scene to me, I enjoyed that. I'm so happy for us where the crew came back again. Um, every time, you know, wonderful actor. So that scene for me was, was great. And I, I like, I like where we're going with this show. I mean, we got, after this, we got what three, four, three more episodes, nine, 10, 11, 12. So four episodes, I'm sorry, uh, four more episodes of this. So we got another month and then, um, yeah, we'll be moving on. So yeah, uh, I, like I said, enjoyed it a lot. I'm ready for the next episode, which will be next Wednesday. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a, I'm going to be doing a few other reviews. I haven't seen black Adam yet. I know don't judge me, but, um, I am going to go ahead and do a review of that, especially because now we have a little bit less of the shows coming out. Um, so yeah. And if you guys, I have, I'm going to be dropping the tales of the Jedi at the same, on the same day. So if you listen to tales of the Jedi, uh, thank you. And if you haven't go listen to it, cause I'm dropping it with this. So again, thank you everyone for joining me on talking about the things that I just like to talk about. If you guys don't mind, like subscribe, do all that good stuff for me. Like I said, it does help with our visibility and things like that. And I appreciate it guys. So if you know, and please let me know what you guys thought of the episode. I would love to hear your opinions. All right. So until next time though, fire team.